0: I'll tell you, we're going to have Vision Sunday. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, where we're going as a church. I think there's a handout that is going around right now. But let's start with, uh, with prayer and just ask God to enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we might know him. So let's start with prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies, Lord, that never end and never fail us. Lord, we're thankful for your faithfulness and your steadfast love that never ceases. And as we come before you today, we pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, that we might know the hope of our calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, amen. amen. Well, uh, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. I'd like uh, our other two pastors to come on up, and we're, this is Vision Sunday, so it's a little bit different. Um, are, are, am I coming through the monitors? It's, it sounds a little different than I normally do. We have uh, a—is it good? Sounds good? Okay. So we're, we have a dear uh, brother in Christ that has come, and he's, he's uh, on our soundboard, so we his name's Josh, and so, you know— uh, so this is his first uh time with us. He's checking us out and and so and we're checking him out and and uh we just but he's got he's already jumped in so well and helped and and um so anyway, it's uh it's it's good. It's good. Um so we've been um in a series of uh, for going through the book of Exodus And it's really a, a journey that we've been on uh, Where it's a march to maturity it, We go from wandering in the wilderness to becoming worshipers We go from from slaves to, to sons And and of course to know God as the destination And so today we're just going to jump right in And just take a break from that series for one Sunday To talk about vision And uh, in the handout that you're getting uh, We just captured our, our uh vision statement our mission statement and uh, we also our values our, our culture about two years ago uh, I was praying and the Lord really opened up a vision to me it was funny my whole family gathered and we fasted and prayed and we were seeking God and um, we didn't hear anything from God but we just thanked him for our past and all that he had done and all the lives that had been changed and then we went to bed, and that night at about 4.30 in the morning, I sat straight up in the bed, and I had a, a vision. It was, it was amazing. I was over North Raleigh, and I was looking down. It was like Google Maps. And, and I'm looking down, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said that, that he wanted a spirit-filled church in North Raleigh. And, and I said, Lord, what does that look like? What does that mean? And what's its language? And the Lord said, the language is love. And I just think that was such a, you know, it's, it's, God says a whole lot in a little. First of all, he didn't say go build a spirit-filled church. He said, I want one. And that sets us on a journey because we don't know what one looks like. What does a really a spirit-filled church look like? Um, and so we want him. It, it, it means that he is Lord, he is present, and we're following him. And we seek him for direction and guidance, and we ask him to fill us with his presence and to lead us. So there's a lot to it, but I love the fact, too, he said that the evidence of that or the fruit of that is love. And so we hope that uh, if you're a guest with us today that you can feel our love for the Lord and for for you as well. Um, but today we're going to just kind of drill down a little bit and talk a, a, a little bit more about vision, and um, I just so much appreciate how God uh, has joined us together and uh, this is Pastor Perry for those of you who are guest with us Pastor Robin um, and and uh, uh, it, it's interesting in the back of that handout I, I uh, it was in, ni- in, ni- in 2014 I wrote a little uh, uh, kind of a little uh, uh, post that I put up on Facebook and in, in a little blog and, and uh, we had uh, hit a situation where uh, our lives kind of radically changed overnight. And, and I was seeking God, and, and God began to speak to me. And uh, I, I tell the story there. But he began to tell me that, again, uh, that he wants a city, uh, that he's building a city. Uh, he's the maker, and, and he is our God. And so that's recorded in there, and that'll just give you some background uh, I'm so thankful and grateful for where I, we've come from and where we're going. So with that, vision. Vision is simply a picture of the preferred future. When we, look at, when we talk about vision, it means that we, we are looking ahead and we can see a better future, a preferred future for us. And uh, the scripture says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. This is from the King James Version. Uh, In another version translation, it says, where there is no revelation or no understanding, the people go unrestrained. But when you have a vision, uh, if you don't have a vision, you'll perish. If you have a vision, you understand where you're going. It it helps you make decisions, say no to some things and yes to others. It gives you direction when you have a vision. But if you have no vision, uh, you'll stay unfulfilled, You'll stay uh, kind of in a, in a, in, you won't live. When it says you'll perish, it means that you won't live to the fullest of life. You'll you'll be dead on the inside. Um, just I'll give you just a kind of a practical illustration. We talk about vision. Um, uh, so, I, what is your vision for your children? What is your vision for your marriage? What is your vision for your life? What is your vision for your finances? What is your vision for the church? What is your vision for Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill, what's your vision for the state and for the nation? What's your vision for the world? What's God's vision? And, and when we think about vision again, I, I just wanted to tell you that it, it really helps to have one. It gives you direction. It helps you know if you're winning or losing. <laughs> uh, raising kids. If, if your vision is, I want my kids to behave, that's not a good vision because you'll have a winning day and then you'll have a losing day, and then you'll have a winning day, and then a losing day, and you'll, you'll you know, that's not a good vision. Um, you know, I mean, some days you'll look at them and say, look, we can take care of you and make some more if you don't behave. I mean, that's how you get to, sometimes you can get pretty annoyed. Um, but if your vision is to help them walk with Christ, to know him and walk with him, then you don't measure those things from day to day, and it helps you to direct them and guide them. When I was uh, teaching my children when they were young, I was doing devotions in the living room, and I was we were acting out baby Moses being born and put into a basket, and I grabbed a basket. I think I grabbed a laundry basket, and we put a little baby doll in there, and we threw her into the river, We threw, and they laughed, and I said, no, you wouldn't do that, would you? You'd build this basket that could, would be a basket of safety and and success for that child. I mean, it's going to be the best basket you can make. It's going to be waterproof. It's going to be carefully crafted and you're going to launch that child. And the Lord spoke to me during that time and he gave me a vision for my kids and he said, I want you to prepare your children to be launched in this world to make a difference. And that became the vision. And so there are things we said yes to and no to. So vision is important. Amen. So, you know, it doesn't help, it, it h- helps you navigate and have a long range uh, view of life, not have the ups and downs. Okay, so here is uh, a scripture that kind of captures God's vision for each one of us. And, and I think that if, if, Lord, help us to see the truths in this, in this passage, and it actually should be Ephesians 1 17 uh, and 18. Uh, so uh, there's a typo there. But it says this I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, what that means is that this is Paul's prayer for the church. This is my prayer for for you. I pray continually, Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, revelation is just simply when the light bulb goes off. Have you ever been in situations where go, I can't believe I didn't see that. Somebody says it different, and all of a sudden you gain understanding. Revelation is that aha moment. And an aha moment isn't supposed to be a one-time thing. As we walk with God, it's a continual situation. We continually grow to know him. And so they, he's saying, I hope you'll have an aha moment and he, he says, the reason for it is I want you to know him better. That's the reason. I want you to understand, have a revelation of him. He, he's saying, I don't want you just to know about God, but I want you to know God. Know his heart, know his mind, know his thoughts. I want you to have an aha moment. How many of you have had aha moments in your relationship with God? Not just one. I mean, aha, I'm a sinner and he's the Savior. But The first time I sinned, I had an aha moment. I I said, Lord, I I don't think you knew who you got. Because I was perfect for a week after I got born again. As far as I know, I didn't sin for a week. And then I did something bad, and then I thought, oh, you probably don't know who you got, Lord. I am so sorry. And I realized he did know exactly, and that's why he came. And I had an aha moment. And I said, Lord, I I told a lie. I actually told a lie to my Bible school teacher, Uh, my Bible teacher. The guy from Crew Campus Crusade for Christ, the guy came and said, have you been studying your Bible? I said, sure, because I knew that was what he wanted, and I just made up an answer. I'm 18 years old. I said, yeah, that's right. I did that, yeah. He said, what have you been studying? I went, oh, man. Uh, Psalm 23. He said, what did the Lord speak to you? I said, you know, he's my shepherd, that kind of stuff maybe you need to go now and he left and then I got on my knees I said God I can't believe I did that and uh you probably don't want me anymore and then I remembered first John 1 9 if we confess our faults or sins to the Lord he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so I got on my knees I said Lord forgive me and he forgave me of all my sin and I said Lord is that really true and he said are you calling me a liar I said, no, I'm the liar. You're not. And he said, my word's true. And I had an aha aha moment. And you're going to have those as you go so that you may know him better. And then it goes on and it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And the reason why that is a part of the prayer is because he's not talking about our physical eyes. He's talking about the eyes of our heart, our spiritual eyes. And as we walk with Christ, it's important to be able to constantly see clearer and clearer of who he is and who we are. It's an ongoing process, and it's vital to your calling. See, when we come to God, we come with our baggage, we come with our filters, and so we see him through the filters of our past experiences, and some of them are good and some of them are bad, but they affect how we view God, and so when we come uh, to him, we we pray that we can see him clearly for who he is and see ourselves for who we are in him, and so it's important that we continue on in this journey of having our eyes open, so... That's the second prayer, is that our eyes would be opened. And then the, part of the, the next part of this is that he said, I, I really want to you to know what is your calling, the hope of your calling. And, and what he is saying there is, is that as your eyes are open, you begin to see what you're called to. But without your eyes being open, you can't see the Lord in the right way. You don't see things the way he sees them. And so we make a bigger mess. But when we say, "Lord, we want to know you better, and we want to see you, we want our hearts to be enlightened, and we want to know our calling," and then, uh, and 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 then you have the riches. It says of His inheritance in His holy people. There's an inheritance in you. God has an inheritance in you, and He wants you to use that inheritance to further His kingdom. Let's look at uh, uh, the scripture in the uh, in. Ephesians, the same scripture, Ephesians 1, 17, 18, but it's in the message translation. It says, but I do more than thank. He says, I thank God always for you, but I do more than thank. I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning. He said, I really want you to be enlightened and and, and intelligent. I want you to discern what God's, like and what his will is like and what his will is. And he says, in knowing him personally, how many of you realize that you can know God deeper than you know him now? Isn't that amazing? I don't think we'll ever get exhausted from exploring the riches of his glory, of who he is. When we get to heaven, I think it's an eternal tour of who God is. discovery. You know, when the, when the angels cry, holy, 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 and we see that in the Old Testament, and then we see it in the New, in the book of Revelations. In the Old, we see it in Ezekiel, and we see it in Isaiah. It's the same angels that are going, holy, holy, holy. And you think, wouldn't that be a boring job? You know, I, I can't wait till my shift's over. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> but what's happening is, is that when they look at God, they go, wow. It's an aha moment constantly. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Wow! Look what He's doing now. Holy, holy, and they just keep worshiping and worshiping because they see what He's doing. I think when I got saved, they went, "Him? Holy, holy, holy. It's all God. It's not Him." And so, and then He goes on. So, and so, let me just break this down into four things, and then we'll uh, we've got. Oh, let's see, to know Him better. So the first vision that you should have in your life is to know God better not to know about him but to know him that should be a burning desire of yours is to to know him uh, not to try to to do more good and uh, uh, then versus bad or not to try to sing in the choir or do whatever you do but it's to know him to know his heart and mind his thoughts it's it's a it's a passion that, that should be part of, of, of our lives. And if you don't know him, I pray today that you will know him. You'll know that Jesus died on the cross for you and he shed his blood and he rose on the third day. I pray that you'll know the fact that he is the living God. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do to stand before this holy and righteous God. There's nothing in your own ability or power that makes you worthy. There's nothing that you could bargain for or, or try to earn, but you can simply come before the Lord and you say, Lord, I, I am unworthy. I've sinned and fallen short of, of your glory, of your perfection, and, but Lord, I do believe that Jesus is the Savior, and I want to receive him, and I want to know you, and you begin that journey with him. It's, again, it's knowing that you can do nothing, but he's done everything. It's knowing that he's the amazing God. The Bible says if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So if you'll make that a vision, I want to draw near to you, Lord. I don't want to settle. I want to be one who walks with you. I love the story about uh, the the, the uh, uh, guy, it just popped in my mind, except his name. The, the old prophet in the, uh, that walked with God, and he was not... Uh, Enoch, Enoch, yep, uh, you know, he walked with God. And, and, and he was so close that in walking with God, and this is before the salvation on the cross and everything, he was walking with God so close that one day God said, you know, you're closer to my house than yours. Let's go home with me. And they went home, and he was not. Well, the second thing that I know is God's vision for you is we, we were talking about... Um, You know, that scripture in Ephesians, uh, he wants our eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. Again, we find healing and freedom in relationships. It's in the community, it's in the Lord, but it's in relationships we begin to grow. It's when you get around other people that you start to see that sometimes there's filters in our lives that we need to get free from. Uh, The scripture that... uh, talks about this, and this is why we have our small groups or our life groups. In James, it says this. It says that confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed, that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We need to confess our faults to one another, not confess other people's faults to one another. That's called gossip. Uh, We confess our own faults. Everybody say our own faults, our own faults. It's just good to get that in your head. Um, the, the, uh, so you, we confess our own faults. And, and when you're with some brothers, sisters, or in a small group, and you spend time together, at some point you'll be able to take off the masks and find freedom. If you have insecurity, fear, maybe you've gone through some sexual abuse. You've, uh, people have gone through all kinds of things that you can't imagine, and and some of you are here, and I don't know all all that you've gone through, but we go through different things, but it's in that small group. Now, the Bible says to confess our sins to God, and he forgives us, but it says confess our faults or sins to one another to be healed. And the reason for that is is that it's in that situation. You might say, I am really struggling with bitterness, and, and, and I need to confess it, and I want you to pray. I mean, I've confessed it to the Lord, and he's forgiven me, would would you pray for me? would you stand with me? would you walk me through the process of of getting free and that's what we want to do in, in, in the in the life groups This groups about living life successfully it's about walking with one another it's about being in community and that's where we we really grow as we let Jesus be the center we let the word of of, of God be our compass and and then we we walk together in in truth and reality and it's that's where the eyes of our hearts get enlightened it's in community somebody can point something out you know it's interesting but when you get free I remember a friend of mine that got free of he had such bitterness and he finally forgave and God set free and it was interesting the very thing that he, he had to deal with once he got set free he could see it in other people because that lens was gone and now it became a ministry of his and out of the pain that he walked through it became a ministry that he helped others get over bitterness. So we want you to find freedom, and, and that's part of the vision for all of us so we can walk more with the Lord. This is just the end of it, and of that scripture. It goes on, and it just says, Elijah was just like us, and, and yet he prayed, and miraculous things happened. Do you know when we get in groups and pray for one another, God moves? He partners with us, and he moves. Um, he prayed, rain came. He prayed and the rains were stopped up. When we pray for each other, the rain of the Holy Spirit can come into our lives and transform us. And then we talked about the calling. We, wanna, we want every one of you to discover Your calling. So as you get into community, as you've come to know Christ and you're growing in him, the filters are being stripped away. You're getting to know him in a a community and, and growing in Christ and maturing. Then you can come to a place. You say, wait a minute. I need to know my calling. I can see more clearly what my calling is. And again, the process is necessary. You've got to know him, but you've got to have your eyes enlightened, the eyes of your heart, so that you can then step into your calling or your purpose, it's not, it's based on his will, his plan. It, 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 I would have never thought that I would be here. This was not my plan. But it was his plan, and it's a delight when I discovered it. And, and actually, his plan was working when I looked back. I was in the architect's office, and I was going around, going in early, praying over everybody's desk to come to Christ. And I didn't realize I pastored the, the office. But I wasn't, I didn't have a pastor badge on. I just was in my calling. And then somebody said, you know, I think you're called to this. And I said, okay, well, I got on my knees. I said, God, if you want me, you can have me. But if I was you. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, I want you. So we want you to discover your purpose. so That you can know what you're called to do. And that's why we have, uh, we're going to crank up the Connect class. It's, it's, uh, it's a place for you to discover your personality and your, your, your gifting and the way God's wired you and, and your uniqueness and, and how you can use those gifts to, to serve him. Both in the house but outside the house, in the community. God's a kingdom person. Not a, he's not locked into a room. He is a kingdom God and he wants to use you. So you you know it's funny you everybody will came in this morning and you look around and you see things through your own unique personality and gifting. And 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 that is a gift in you. You know when people see things I I I know this one person that could, would come in and they just if there was a piece of paper on the ground they would see it and clean it up and that was their gift. Now they were annoying but it was a gift. And when we recognize that's a gift, we could celebrate them. And we say, thank you. Check everything out. People are coming. Let's make sure it's nice. That's a gift. Look at what Romans says. This is uh, Romans 12. Just real quick. It says, Romans 12 says, so in Christ we, through our many, form one body and each member belongs to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's in teaching, then teach. If it's in encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And these are all gifts that function in the body of Christ. And I, 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 I remember just watching a lady go in with a carriage through the door at uh, the mall one time. and. I was with some believers, and one had the gift of encouragement, one had that, that gift of, of service, and the one with encouragement was cheering the lady on. The lady was trying to open the door and push it and push the stroller through. She said, you can do it. You can do it. And and the other lady, with the gift of service, grabbed the door and held it for her and couldn't understand the other lady. But what I'm saying, you know, and say, what is wrong with you? Are you a Christian? She said, no, I'm just operating in my gift. And so you've learned how to... To, 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 to understand that all are needed. The lady needed to know she could do it with the help of the other lady. Okay, so we function together. Okay, then, this is, then the next thing and the last thing is God wants you to make a difference. Uh, if you go back to that first scripture, it says so. In Ephesians, it says so that we can have a glorious way of life. The glorious way of life is making a difference. When you make a difference in someone's life, you're fulfilled. You're, you're full of joy. Jesus came to serve. And the scripture says that he was full of joy more than all of the fellows, all of his fellow. And what it means is that because he served, because he loved, he had more joy than any human that ever lived. He, he, he was so full of joy. He made a difference. And so our desire is that at the end of your life, when you breathe your last breath and you're able to say to the Lord that I didn't waste my life, I knew God, I knew you I lived in freedom I allowed you to heal me I allowed you to teach me I grew in your grace I learned to live free I served your purpose in my generation and I made a difference in others lives and that's the way that you want to to wrap your life up and enter into his his heaven and have him say well done my good and faithful servant. So I hope that you'll take a, a step today. Maybe if, if uh, you haven't ever opened your heart to Christ, open your heart today. If you haven't gotten to a life group, get into a life group today. Join that community and begin to grow and, and let God mold and shape you. Um, come to one of the connection classes. We'll, we'll launch those uh, next month and uh, help you find your purpose, and, and then use that gift to make a difference.
1: Amen. Uh, just, just leave it right there on that make a difference slide. That's perfect for me. So I, I get to do my, I'm just going to do six or seven minutes, hopefully. And um, I, I want to do two things. And, and a lot of what I'm going to say is what Jim has already said. I'm just going to say it from a different perspective. My two things are this. I, I want to affirm you, number one. And number two, I want to challenge you. So here's my affirmation. Okay, I, I'm the new kid on the block. I'm the new guy. And this th- I'm just going to say to you, this is a God place. Like, there's something amazing about what God is doing in this place. I mean, I feel it. I, I see the work of the Holy Spirit. I, I see you guys leaning in and wanting more, and then I get to have this amazing thing where I, that I can't explain that the three of us share, this, this unity of purpose, this unity of spirit, this bond of love. I've never had a more exciting, more blessed opportunity to serve Christ in my entire life. I just consider it a great privilege. So the Spirit of God is alive and at work. And I want to see this move of the Spirit become a movement. I want it to become an outpouring because I do I, I have a burden to that people would experience the healing, empowering, life-giving, hope-producing presence of the holy spirit. So so God's hand is on new path but here's here's the here's the challenge. If we want to see that blessing sustained. In fact, if we want to see that that blessing enlarged then we have to have the heart and we have to have the will to become a blessing. We can't just be blessed. We have to become A blessing to those that are not here yet. Right? He he didn't just bless us so we could be our comfortable holy huddle. He's blessed us so that we can in turn be a blessing to others. Right? And you make a difference. Everybody here, every single one of you in this room has a choice to make, and your choices matter enormously. So, The growth of the church, it's a partnership with the Holy Spirit, but we have a part to play. And so I'm just going to give you five quick, practical things you can do that will make an enormous difference in terms of seeing the move of the Spirit become a movement. And as Jim said, number one is this, join a life group. And here's why I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it from a different perspective, Jim made the point that you'll be blessed. You will grow if you join a life group. I'm going to say, yes, you will. But there's a different reason to join. And it's so, that, it's so that when new people come into our church, they have a place to connect. You can't invite them into a place to connect if you don't have a place you're connected and I can tell you that for the, for the stranger that comes, if, if, if you're in a life group and you're loving it, right, then, then just invite, start inviting. If you're in a life group, start inviting. You can invite neighbors. You can invite workers. And certainly the strangers among us, right, the visitors that come. We want a place to receive them. If people come to our church and get in relationship, they'll stay. If they come and don't get in relationship, chances are they won't stay. Kathy and I had that experience once. We were in a church for about three years. Three years. We're pretty social. We couldn't break in. We just never developed. You know, three years later, we're like, we don't have any relationships in that church. Except for the names of the few people that sit around us. And so we went and found another church. As much as we loved that church, there's this amazing thing that has to happen. People... More than coming on Sunday, they have to get connected personally. And if you're in a life group and you start inviting people to come, you've made a path by which people can get connected. So that's number one. Join a life group because, because that's the way that we connect others. Number two, this, this, none of these are big and bad, by the way. Life groups are every other week, an hour and a half. Just I'm just saying. Here's number two. Serve. This is all I'm asking once a month. Just serve. Like many hands make light work, and what happens is we have people that we just work them to death because we don't have enough people serving. I, I, I don't care where you serve. Like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to list three places that I think are critical to the, the growth and the future in the life of the church, but there's lots of places to serve. And so the first one is this. This is just a crying need. We have to come in, set up, break down every Sunday. We have Bob and Ivan. Where are you guys? Raise your hands. I mean, these guys are like saints and warriors. I'm just telling you. I'm also telling you that your pastor had to get up at 6 o'clock this morning to drive the Tahoe over to pull the trailer because we don't have the volunteers to do it. And so Corey, Corey, will you stand up? Just stand up. This is Corey. If you don't know Corey, he coordinates setup breakdown every Sunday. Once a month, you can help. So break, you know, setup and breakdown are in two basic parts. One is in the sanctuary, but the second is just setting up signage in the hallway and helping set up the nursery and Sunday school. Anybody can do that. It's just a matter of volunteering. Secondly, children's ministry. Thirdly, youth ministry. So here's the thing. If we want to grow as a church, we have to elevate our ministry to the family. This is our opportunity to disciple people in a way that lasts for a lifetime. And kids are open to the gospel in a way that adults shut down to. This is our best discipleship opportunity, our youth and our children. So get involved. Make a difference. Let's elevate those ministries and again, what am I asking? Once a month. Not your whole life. In fact, just once a month for 2020. Pick a place. You can be a greeter. You can serve a coffee. You can be a part of the prayer team. Pick a place. Serve once a month. It's, it's, if, if all of us served somewhere once a month, it would change this church forever. So number one, join a life group and then invite others. Number two, Serve. Serve once a month. Number three, okay, this one's a little counterintuitive, but it's huge. Okay, this is huge. Come on time. And and I'm gonna tell you why that's a part of the growth of the future of the church. And 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 I will say this: come on time, ready to worship. You guys love to worship, so I don't want to wait to the third song till we're all there. Come ready to worship. Song one, word one, note one. Ready to go. Let's blow the place up. Here's why it's important. It's for the stranger among us. So I love to greet because it's part of the way I'm wired. So I've I've greeted, just sat out front and greeted. I'm just going to tell you my experience. So at about 10, 15, people, it slowed down. We start at 10, by the end. At about ten fifteen, and then I was like, "Okay, when I can't see anybody coming in, I'll I'll go join them in worship." And then it was like the ark, two by two. And from ten fifteen, I was out there till ten thirty, because there was couples walking in from ten fifteen to ten thirty, and that's just sort of the culture of the church. Here's the here's the problem with that. Nobody told the visitor we're a quarter after church. Nobody told them. So you know what? At 10 o'clock, they're ready, and there's like three people in the room, all right? So look, we, so it's, it's just not, what you, we want to be here, ready, and bring the energy f- just from the get-go, because it's a part of creating energy and enthusiasm, which is momentum for growth. It is. So, so here's, <laughs> so, at 945 just plan to be here at 9:45 get a little socialized and you're in your seat at 10 o'clock and, we, and we're ready to go and it honors the band by the way so my wife is the ultimate hostess so she loves to serve and she makes these amazing dinner parties and but I was just I was thinking about it like this if she if she like we're having a dinner party and let's just say I'm just like flaking out which I'd get killed for and would never happen because you know, I need to make sure they have something to drink and something to eat. I got to get the cut. But let's just pretend I don't feel like a host. You are a host, by the way. You're a host. And then she got all the food out, and it's piping hot on the table. And she and she had to yell upstairs, "Honey, we're ready to eat." And I'd be like, "Hey, I'll get here sometime." Wouldn't that be a good day at my house? Not a good day. No. I'm gonna tell you, this band, they serve up a worship feast every Sunday. They work hard to bring you, and they bring their hearts to bring you to a heart of worship so that together we can connect with God. And I'm just saying, in honor of their service, let's be here, let's in a seat, 10 o'clock, full on, ready to go. You'll be blessed if you do. Here's number four. <laughs> I'm so glad you're resonating with this. Oh, I've wanted to say these things. Okay, number four. Okay, and I'm I'm not going to, I'm just, just two seconds on this. Just give. Visions require resources. The bigger the vision, the bigger the resources. It's just how it is. And and what you do, your personal choice, it's you. It matters enormously in the end. 10% belongs to the Lord. Give it to him. And then, and then last but not least, I'll say this. Invite. So, survey says, non-church people, people that don't go to church, 75% are open to going to church at Easter and Christmas, if you ask. So we made these little inviter cards. It's just a little business card. It just says, new path. It has direction in time. They're on the table outside. We'll be at the end of the service. Get an inviter card. Start praying. And think about Lord, who do you want me to ask to come this Easter? Just ask. But I don't know the people you know. We together grow the church. I have a, I, I want to see the church grow because I want to see lives change, right? I want to see people healed. I want to see families. Kept together. I mean, God does these things, and only God can do these things. So these are the things on my heart, and those are my five challenges. And I just want to tell you, I'm so 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 happy to be here with you. That's my part.
2: Amen. Now, real, real brief. Um, you know, Jim laid the foundation. Um, he, you know, built the structure. I'm just going to put it in the, the roofing. Um, Now, one thing that defines us as a church, Jesus said, I want a spirit-filled church. Before New Pass started, the word of the Lord was spirit-led, spirit-directed, spirit-influenced. And so what really jump-started this whole thing was the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so for us to have a vision You know, we can have our own plan and what we want to see and what we think church ought to be. But then that would be far from what God really wants for us. So what Jesus really is saying and said to James and then each one of us is that I want a spirit-filled church. And so as a result of that, we want to come up with a way that we're going to help each one develop and cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit and to be so effective in that. You know, there's one thing just serving, another thing serving by the Holy Spirit. We can do our own thing. We can have our own plans, our own ideas. But how do we get sensitive to the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit? I mean, as well. And so the key is, as we're launching different things, we've seen how that would influence every aspect of the ministry. Um, I'm working with the prayer, the altar ministry, restructuring a whole lot. There's a lot of training, preparation, equipping. Um, working with the men, Ross and, um, and Andrea, with the women. Because um, it's, it's, it's something, if you look at it, think about this. Jesus, think about the body. Jesus is the head. You and I, from the neck right down. Each joint supplies. And the Holy Spirit, he's a life that causes every limb, every muscle to move. <laughs> Jesus says something, so, as many as are led by my spirit are the sons of God. We don't want to just do what we want to do. We want to do as he leads us, as he directs us, as he influences us. You know, when it's all said and done, I mean, think about that. Jim spoke about vision. Now, I I can live 70 years, 80 years, and live as I pleased. I'm not doing anything wrong. It was a good life. And I was standing before God, and that was not really what he had in store for me. And I like the example that Jim gave, that he was an architect. And it wasn't like he was doing something wrong. that's what he wanted to do, and that's what he felt he had a gift him to do. But even right there, he was pastoring them. Until you realize that, oh, this is really what God was, and I'm so glad that he discovered that. Because he discovered that, you and I are here today. You know. So now the thing is this: How are we? How are you going to be led by the Holy Spirit? Because he's Jesus says something, He says oh, it's good that I go away. If I don't go, He's not going to come. He said, just as I did, you got to do the same. So you got to have who I had or what I had to do what I want you to do. And so the Holy Spirit is indwelling you with you. You hear Him all the time. I mean, how many say will say, oh, I I don't really hear God? Yes, you do. You arguing, and somebody says, to stop it, and you still go ahead. I mean, oh, get up and pray and say, oh, I gotta. That was Him. And so we want to kind of create that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that everything that we do. Is spirit-led. That's how the early church was birthed, by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, wait, when he came, and that's how the early church was birthed. And so, as a church, what we're trying to do is that there's a school of ministry that we're launching. Um, I'm working with, you know, different groups. The prayer, I'm going to divide the prayer into three groups, where we have intercessors, we have altar ministers, and... um, and then um, we, we have um, those that really kind of pray for the burdens of the church, uh, our needs you know, amongst us, um, Restructuring things with Russ, about the men, relaunching the whole men's thing, working with Andrea. I met with Andrea last week to kind of relaunch that. So the goal is that we're going to train, equip for the work of the ministry. Now, but the thing is this, the twofold, we want to bless this house and be a blessing out there. So the training is not just for you to find a place in this house. Because this is your home. You've got to bless your home first. You know, Jesus said, "Your Judea, Samaria, and Artemis Park. So this is your Judea. This is your home. Let's keep our home. Let's bless our home. Let's, you know, see how we can use our giftings and talent to bless this house. But it's "Go into all the world on your job, in your home out there at the marketplace. So if you know how to be led by the Holy Spirit, you can be effective. Why do you think colleagues come to you with their problems? Why do people come to you and tell you about their business? It's because God is in you. It's because you have an answer. And so that is what we really want to do to launch there. And so I'm so glad I'm a part of this, this, uh, this house and what God is really doing. And so plug yourself in a part of something, we're going to make sure that each department, each aspect of this church, we're going to cultivate the ability to be led by the Spirit because we're a Spirit-filled church. And that has to really translate into everything that we do. Amen? God bless. There we go. Um,
0: if the staff can come on up, we just want to... Uh, an Andrea. We want to just let you know who is who is who in, in this house, and uh, we just appreciate their ministry. And then um, we're going to, in just a minute, we're going to end up with a, you know, we're going to close with a with a blessing, but we really do encourage you to take next steps. So here, let's see, who do we have? <laughs> okay, behind us. Okay, Kathy. Okay, so, go ahead. So you we go down know to... if
1: you knew who was on staff and what they did and if you wanted to get involved who to speak to um so this has been awesome to watch the staff team grow but uh first and, and not least this we, is my by this way, one's he, mine
0: we asked Seth to bring up a baby so people don't think he's 16 years old <laughs> that's his child I'm sorry Robin I had to no I I, I I
1: agree with that and um where's Alexis is she in here Are you coming? Because I want you to. Yeah, okay. Here we go. So we'll start with Kathy.
3: Good morning, New Path. I am Kathy Phillips, and I have the privilege of working with the children at New Path from zero all the way through fifth grade. (laughs) (laughs) And it is really an honor. And I have some exciting news to tell you this morning. I mean, it is really, really big. So I think I'm going to need you to practice a little bit. I need you to get ready for your amens, praise the Lord, hallelujahs, (coughs) glory to God in the highest. Are you ready for the good news? God is growing the children's ministry. Every single Sunday we have new faces showing up and it is amazing and you know what when you have growth you have an opportunity so we have an opportunity you have an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing in the lives of the children here at New Path is that not fantastic? So let me just say, and I know I only have a little bit of time, but if you have a heart that is so passionate with children, about children, anything to do with children, and you feel like your heart is just going to burst open, if you have the language of love and you speak the language of love, if you have a heart's desire to see. Every child that walks through the door of New Path Church to have a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ there is a place for you. I welcome you and I invite you to meet me out in the hallway after the service. I would love to talk to you. I would love to get to know what your heart is and I would really love to share stories about the children in the in the Sunday school. They are amazing. I love your kids.
4: Hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Jenny Richardson, and this is my husband, Corey, and we lead the youth ministry here at New Path Middle School through high school, and we absolutely love your children. We love pouring into them. We have a heart that they would know God's love and that they would know who they are in Christ, that they would find their identity in Christ Jesus um, at that early age, and so we just enjoy that. We're actually even getting into some apologetics, which is exciting, how to share their faith and what do they really believe in, and um, we are very excited this morning too. We are kicking off an internship program. Um, I just started an internship program, so I want y'all to please welcome our first interns of the semester, Abby and Ann-Sophie. They are our seniors this year. So every year we want to um, have an opportunity to open that up for interns, um, where they get to work alongside of myself and the pastoral team to learn and grow in ministry, um, as well as we get to pour into them and get ready to equip them to be launched out. Um, We're just so excited about, about this program. And I'm excited about them mentoring the youth as well alongside of me, because I'm one person, and I can only reach so many, but guess what? God wants to multiply and grow, grow the body of Christ and reach these young people for Jesus. So, so excited. This morning they signed on the dotted line, so they are officially ours. Um, And I'm going to pass it along quick. The scripture God laid on my heart this morning was 1 Corinthians 13 about love. If I speak in tongues of men men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith and can move mountains but do not have love I am nothing if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love I gain nothing love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight and evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes and always preserves
1: just to one more thing there. If you if you love young people and, and love to spend time, when I was 23 years old, I started serving in youth ministry, and uh, it was you know I was 23 year old. I didn't have a lot to do other than I had my full time job, and and uh, at nights I would come and I was leading a small group. I was spending time on Sunday nights with youth ministry, and it changed my life. I mean, it's interesting. I was pouring out, but God was literally doing so much in my heart and growing me in a mighty way. If you're interested in being part of that, I mean, heck, half the time parents are some of the best people to be around and to support and to help pour out. I mean, we, we have snacks and food and a lot of times these things fall on Jenny and I, we'd love to have folks come alongside. So if you love these young people with us, come alongside because we want to see this thing grow and it's going to be great.
5: Hi, my name's Andrea Andrews, and I'm the operations coordinator. So what does that mean? Basically what that means is I partner with this leadership team to define and document process and procedures for the church. We're currently working on creating playbooks for every impact team and ministry team and New Path, starting with the leadership team. Um, we're also including in that all the team members, you guys, who participate in helping with the activities every Sunday and helping with the church so we know who is serving where. Um, That's pretty exciting because this is like a first for New Path, so I'm very excited about that because I have a lot of passion in that area. Another thing I do is I support the church management systems, and what that is is the website, all of the technology applications that are integrated, which are many. You would think it would be simple, but there are many apps that are integrated to help support the church operate and function. Um, You may also see me hanging around the coffee table because I lead the hospitality ministry, and I also lead the ladies' ministry.
6: We we're hiding behind the TV. So, this is my wife, Alexis. This is my daughter, Noelle. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I uh, lead a team um, of worshipers that are just so sold out for the Lord, and it's, it's such an honor. Um, I, there's so much I want to say, but just in the nature of time, I, I, Pastor Robin actually helped me flesh out um, just a, a, a purpose statement. Um, and that would be to create a, a group of worshipers that are essentially a bunch of Christian hedonists that are pleasure seekers in the Lord that literally just, they, they glorify the Lord by means of just enjoying him. Isn't that amazing? Um, amazing. And, yeah, <laughs> that's our heart for the team. I, cause I mean, that's, it's delight. Christianity is delight. It's not duty. Um, and his commandments are not burdensome, you know. Uh, it's just such a such an amazing thing to be able to 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 work on a blank canvas and just go after that. And 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 the music is 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 all centered around that one theme of of placing our affections on the Lord um, in everything. So that's during the week. Um, if you're interested in um, joining the worship team, um, just come talk to me, come come talk to me. I'd love to hear your story. Um, I know distinctly we, we want to create a rotating um, process. so each musician is I love what Pastor Robin said that was so good that we, we want you to serve but not, uh, you know it's not an every week thing. Um, and we, we definitely need a, an electric guitarist. Is we're looking for at least one more of those just to rotate and give Roger um, some time off, and then also we need bassists. Um, but if you, if you really if you play any instrument, just come talk to me. Um, it's just it's going to be a pleasure, and I'm excited for what for what God has for us.
1: So, um, we're we're all going to be out in the hall. So are, are we going to close with a song?
0: You know, I, um, in the know you know. Um, what do you think? In the interest of time, can we do a, a a place in God has a place in His heart? All right. It's just a simple. It's just a uh, just a. This is just a simple. Jenny's going to teach us a simple. Okay. Do it. Okay, I'd okay, have beautiful. Seth do it, but then we'd have the. So if this is for instance of time, just do a little. I'll disc- do a,
4: a little song over you all that we can sing to one another. And then a big thank you to Mike and Lori who set out our tables out there that we're going to be standing out there to welcome you, to greet you, to meet some of our new team members um, and just give you a, a, I guess we're not hugging now with the guys, coronavirus, maybe give you an elbow. Um, but we do, we want to meet out. you and get to, to spend some time with
7: you on your way out.
4: And there's a song I learned at camp a long time ago that I've taught some of the kids. And
7: it says, There's a place in God's heart just for you, a special kind of place made just for you. So come take up that place in God's heart. And his heart will become your heart too. Sing it with me. There's a place in God's heart just for you. A special kind of place made just for you. So come take up that place in God's heart. And his heart will become your heart, too. And his heart will become your heart, too. And all God's children said,
0: amen. <laughs> amen. His, his, Take up that place. His place is that you take that next step, that you that you, you desire to know him more, let's stand, and that, you'll, that you desire to know him to, more, the desire to know him better, that you would um, have your eyes enlightened to see what is the hope of your calling, and, and the glorious inheritance God has for you. His heart to take that place is to get into a community and begin to grow, and then, to find that ministry, that calling, that uniqueness for you, and then and then make a difference in this world. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for the, t- this wonderful day and for this precious body of saints and those that were home for different reasons today, but we pray that we would be a people who find their place in your heart, and your heart becomes our heart too. And everyone said amen.